0: Tonight's episode is a conversation with C.L. Thomas, a paranormal researcher, author, and podcaster. C.L. Thomas travels widely every year as a fine arts photographer and writer exploring various afterlife research, OBEs, metaphysics, folklore, and paranormal events. She's the author of the novel Speaking to Shadows and host of the entertaining podcast Small Town Tales. She has written many articles and maintains a blog on legends, folklore, magic, and paranormal stories. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Let's dive in. This time because we've gone back and forth you and I like to, to get on and do this which is awesome so <clears throat> cool man so um I am that I'm actually really happy to have you on because we've kind of gone back and forth we've been trying to do this now for it feels like a couple of couple of months yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I know I know I'm so no. sorry
0: no well I mean there was times where I, I had to cancel out for whatever reason but did you just go to a um like were you just at out of town for some like paranormal event what are you doing
1: um, I'm always out of town for paranormal events. Really?
0: Do you just like travel, <laughs> like travel the globe, like going to different paranormal events?
1: Yeah, I do. I do a lot of, um, spiritual research in ESP and EVPs and stuff like that. So I like to go to haunted locations to see what I
0: get. What do you mean? So when you say you're doing research you don't <clears throat> strike me as sort of like, the uh, a paranormal investigator in the sense like that I might see on some of the shows or some of the people I deal with, what is your sort of method? What's your, what's your MO when you go out there and research?
1: Um. So, okay. I'm very spiritual and I am a medium. Um. So I'm trying to learn more about connecting with spirit. And so that's my goal. So I am very different in, from your paranormal investigator because I'm not trying to, Prove or disprove if a spirit exists, I know it's there, I've experienced it. Now, whether it's in that location, I can't say, but I'm more interested in actual um, communicating with spirit and contact, if that makes sense.
0: It certainly does. It certainly does. I know uh, a group of us over at my museum... Uh, sometimes late night on Saturdays we have our secret seance society, so we we do the same thing. But I want to I want to backtrack for a second. Um, I didn't realize that. So when you say that you're a uh, <clears throat> a medium, to you, like what does that look like? What does that What does that mean?
1: Um, it's not really a term that I throw around a lot, and you know I don't like to call myself that. Quite frankly, I don't do readings on people. I don't do psychic card readings or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I've been having paranormal experiences since I was like two years old and I don't they've you know they've come and go over the years but they've become particularly strong in the last I'd say four or five years to where it's in my face and it's something that I've really been pursuing and kind of learning more about and actually it's funny you ask because I just recently got a new mentor and um it's Joseph Sheil. He's a he's a famous medium out there. Really good guy. He's a really great teacher and I've been learning a lot from him and I don't know. I'm just like learning a lot and taking a lot in and and the more I learn, the more I want to serve spirit and get in, go down that road versus kind of moving away from ghost hunting so to speak and moving more into um working with spirit.
0: Yeah. I think, I think in many ways, you know, if you, if you think about, um, is there an echo on your end? Is that me echoing or is that you echoing? I don't know. Um, I think in many ways when we talk about trying to contact the spirits, whether it's through a Ouija board or some kind of a seance, whatever that's in in a very real sense, that's almost like ghost hunting. Yeah. In its own way.
1: Yeah. Kind of.
0: Yeah. So is that sort of, you just said that you've had paranormal experiences, uh, your entire life. So I'm just going to assume that that is what brought you to be doing what you're doing. I mean, beyond sort of the events that, you know, the, the paranormal events that we just talked about, but you've got a wildly radical podcast. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I've listened to it and you've got, I know at least one book out, but one that is really interesting to me, I guess it's coming out this year, dancing with demons. I don't know how much you'll be able to talk about that, but that one seems, it seems pretty wild.
1: Dancing with Demons is a very, it's kind of different, I guess. Um, It's actually about an experience I had in a haunted house. I lived in a very haunted place about 10 years ago. And this place had such a negative effect on me. And it's something that I keep seeing in the paranormal community come up again and again um, with negative hauntings and negative energies and stuff. And the first time I wrote the book, um, I put it out and wasn't real happy with it. I pulled it off the market, actually, to do a rewrite. And it's because I've learned a lot of stuff which within just a two or three years. And I've actually burned a, a couple bridges in the paranormal world because of all the stuff I was going through what at the time. What do you mean? <laughs> well, without going into too much detail, I was going through like a lot of depression, um, just a lot of life stuff that I had to heal from. Um, So I kind of, you know, said some stuff I shouldn't have said, you know, stuff like that. But what I've learned, long story short, what I've learned is that when you're experiencing negative energies, and when you're so affected by negative energies, I think a lot of it is not so much a demonic presence, but something that you're bringing into it, whether it's a topa, whether it's whatever. I really feel like a lot of it is your own demons, so to speak.
0: What do you mean? I mean, like, what separates what you're saying from, uh, I mean, using that term loosely, right? Your own demons basically meaning emotions or past experiences, what, whatever. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, to, to you, what do you mean by that?
1: I think a lot of cases that people come up with that are demonic in nature or negative in into- Um, A lot of people will claim that, you know, vampire energy is affecting them or some kind of negative energy in the the house or through an object, whatever. I think a lot of that is actually themselves causing that. Have you ever met somebody, for instance, that um, every time you talk to them, they seem to have a lot of drama around them?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're like my moral enemies, man.
1: Yeah, it's the energy that you're bringing to the table that's causing a lot of that. Sure.
0: Yeah. No. No. I agree with that 100. percent I mean, I think I've actually had conversations um, with 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 different parapsychologists that w- would actually go so far, and you can hear my cat in the background. She's <laughs> whining for treats, man. It's, it's it's never it's nonstop over here. But um, you know, they the uh, <clears throat> they've even gone so far as to tell me that even something like Hauntings in a home, in the sense of like poltergeist activity, right, where things are happening around them and they and they can't really understand it. A lot of parapsychologists that I've talked to said they went down the same path, I guess that you are, which is it's not necessarily some free thinking ghost or what people call, would call a demon, right? Like people are going to call it whatever they call it, but they would say it's coming directly from the people that are experiencing it. And I guess the question is not what kind of an entity is it, whether it's a ghost or a demon, but really the question comes down to like, you know, what is it about the person that's causing this? But more importantly, like what is it about humans that have the ability to cause this phenomena or, you know what I mean? So. Well
1: That's a whole different show in itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could talk about, um, collective energy. I mean, whatever you put out there, you're going to bring back
0: essentially. I think to a degree. Yeah. I think, I think it's very important to, uh, I hate to say the word like be positive or whatever and sound like some sort of like a LinkedIn guru. But (laughs) I I I mean I think there's there's wild value in being that way as opposed to the to the alternative. You know, we we all know like the super negative people, right? They're like they're always negative, there's always some drama going on, like and everything's always fucking wrong like in their life. And (laughs) you know, it's it's gotta be just because it's it's like that. It's the equivalent of like when I was In school as a kid, like we all, I think, probably had this kid when we were going to school, which was like, he was like always, always fucking sick, right? He always thought he was sick. He was like the little Howard Hughes of the third grade, you know? So, yeah, no, I think that tracks for sure. So that's what this book is all about, uh, this experience that that you had. Do you care to dive into the experience? Because when I read the description on your website, it sounds pretty radical. I want to read the book. (laughs) <laughs> but I want. To, I also like to gossip. I like to hear stories. So I want to hear about like this. Hear yeah, I want. I want, the, I want. the deeds. Like, what's going on with this story? Why is it so important? Um,
1: I just think it's important to get it out there for people. Okay, in the paranormal community, it's really popular to be to have. Um, like everybody believes that they have demonic experiences in their home, or they have a negative haunting to where they're they're fearful, they're scared, they don't know how to um, deal with that energy. And I think it's important to put this out because there is a way that you can deal with it. You choose how you're going to respond to anything thrown at you. Um, And it's the case with any haunting as well. Um, So along those lines, I want the book to be a little more positive in that it'll actually teach people how to deal with negative energies in their own life, um, whether it actually be a spirit or themselves um, to look at other options It's most important not to be fearful of the unknown, right? Um, What I don't want to say is that this stuff doesn't exist because it does. There is absolutely negative energy and spirits and, you know, there's angels, there's demons. I totally believe in all of that.
0: So did you, that's a weird echo of guys. Did you experience something um, that would be kind of what you would call a demonic entity? Is that what you're getting at?
1: I, yes, I do believe I did experience what, what is that. that?
0: All right, you gotta you gotta dive in for me on that one. Because again, that <laughs> sounds that sounds wild. I mean, I think anybody that you know you talk to if you say, I saw a ghost versus I saw a a a demon, that there's a sounds like there's a big difference. So tell me go into that. Like what did you experience? What happened?
1: So um what have I experienced in that house was I got scratched. Um, there was stuff thrown around the room. It was very poltergeist like activity for a while. Uh, it was very negative. Every time somebody entered my house, they would leave with just a foreboding. Even, if, even you know, I thought maybe it was me at first, but even when I wasn't there, it was the case. They would come Sorry. in and they would feel that heaviness in that
0: house. And no one wanted to go back to your house anymore. Like, yeah. You, had, you yeah. had the worst parties because people would just leave feeling bummed out, huh? <laughs>
1: It was it was awful. Um, and so what happened over time was that, first of all, I got very interested in paranormal investigating. Mm-hmm. I think um, Ghost Hunters had just come out. It was the first year it was out. All this was going on. Um, I just became so engrossed in it. I got my first EVP at a cemetery. And so I started spending all of my time doing that kind of stuff.
0: You got your first um, EVP at a cemetery. What do you mean?
1: Oh, that's oh, a story. Oh, that, that's
0: a good response. <laughs> now I want to hear about that. Yeah.
1: So I didn't watch the ghost shows. My, I had a roommate at the time that did, and she came home one day, she was excited. And she said, we're going to the Franklin Cemetery. We And Franklin Cemetery is the oldest cemetery in, um, around Nashville.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we go, it's the middle of the night and she has like little digital recorders and we get back in the car. We stayed out there until like 2 a.m. and had a sandwich on tombstones and stuff. It was really crazy.
0: <laughs> but You had like a little picnic <laughs> on too. Okay, gotcha. All right. I'm yeah, we
1: you. had a little picnic out there. Um, It was around Halloween too. But we got back in the car and we're driving up I-65, going back toward Nashville. And she starts playing these things through my car. And lo and behold... We actually caught the voice of a little girl. She was saying she was calling for her mom, like you hear plain as day, "Mama, Mama." We caught another one that that has like an Irish accent. He says, "I'm Paul." Um, we caught the sound of a musket, a rifle musket, just incredible. I almost wrecked my car because of this audio
0: recording that y'all yes. got at the the cemetery or whatever.
1: Yes, okay. and so. I almost wrecked my car. My roommate's laughing at me. I'm crying. You know, I just couldn't believe this stuff was coming out over, you know, my car speaker. And that's what really set it off for me because it was like, wait a minute, there's actual proof that I've experienced all this stuff my whole life. Now, all of a sudden, I have it right in front of me, right? Um. So after that, I just became so engrossed with it. It was almost like an obsession. And what began to happen over time is that um, I still didn't really watch the ghost shows. As I think it was like Ghost Hunters and I don't know. There was a British show out. Um, there was the one from uh, Philadelphia or was it Philadelphia?
0: I don't know. There's so many of them now. Yeah, there's so many of them now. They're a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I, I actually kind of love them, you know. Um, they're, they're a lot of fun, but so you weren't really watching those, but you had these experiences and that turned this into an obsession. And now like years later, you are traveling around, you're going to paranormal events all the time. You've got, uh, is it one book you've got out now?
1: It's actually two,
0: two, you got two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and beyond that, you're also what you would call a paranormal researcher. So you're going to haunted locations, you're doing the investigations, you're trying to do this. And, and that about kind of sums up what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Okay. When did you write so my, I, Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. I'm hoping to be able to educate people and to make them see that, you know, these experiences with the paranormal doesn't always have to be people running out of houses and things like that. Right. So that's kind of my goal.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes sense. And that—that that, that is the funny thing about the ghost shows. I think like when you watch them, you know, they'll, they're going in there to, to sort of look for evidence of this phenomenon and they'll hear a noise and like, they'll, they'll run away, <laughs> which is like, I don't know why you do that, <laughs> but that's funny. so you, you have two books. Okay. So is, is one of them fiction and
1: like one of them's fiction. Um, another one is an art one. It's really not paranormal. It's more spiritual than it is paranormal. And then the Dancing with Demons that's coming out in June.
0: And that's the one that has this this apparent where you had an experience with a demonic sort of entity.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: But what? So you saw a thing when you say demonic entity, and I I want to go back to that because it's so interesting to me. You were <laughs> this was ten years ago. Yes, ten years ago. And where were you living at the time?
1: In Nashville. Nashville. Okay. Yeah, I can't okay. give you the exact. Um, I didn't get to finish the whole story. So what happened over time was the activity started picking up severely. I became more isolated. I was pushing people away from me. Um, I became more depressed. It was very just different. I guess I got scratched several times, as I've mentioned, just a lot of stuff happens. So I think, happened.
0: like beyond the scratches and the and the poltergeist activity, like it was like a mental state for you, even.
1: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, eventually, I ended up getting stage two cancer. Just out of the blue, uh, which I think a lot of that negative energy met, um, led up to that. Really? Not saying that a demonic entity caused it, but it led up to it. Um, and we ended up- how,
0: how did you find out you had that? Like, what happened there? Were you just ill and you went to the doctor and they're like, "Whoop! you got cancer out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> I went in for a routine check. So I used to compete in running a lot and I was running 10 miles a day just in training and just overnight. It seemed like it, it got to the point where I couldn't, I was pushing two miles and just couldn't do no anymore. I was like severely tired. I was losing a lot of weight. Um, so I went in and I was, I don't know what I thought it was. I thought it was like a virus or something at first and, and it ended up being cancer.
0: Well, I mean, you don't have to, I guess, go into it, but <laughs> where, where are you at now with that?
1: I'm in remission. I'm doing really good. Great.
0: All right. Yeah. Good news. I'm good. That's that's the opposite <laughs> of depressing. Good. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm actually great. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. So how long did that take for you to sort of get to there? About five years. Really? How did you attack yeah. it?
1: I had to do chemo. I went in four days a week for, I think, four weeks. And then I did radiation off and on. It was kind of a long road. What was that
0: like? I mean, I know you probably don't want to like rethink about that, but what, 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 <laughs> it sounds...
1: <clears throat> it's not the cancer that killers use the treatments. I can say that.
0: You wait. I'm saying... Like six. a lock
1: on my hair. I,
0: really? I, I was uh, Yeah. <laughs> so... Is it painful going through that? Like, like, what is it like?
1: Um, it is painful. It's like your bones hurt. It's, it's really strange. It's not like a normal body ache, like you would have the flu or something. It's like an internal bone ache. And you can't eat. Uh, you're nauseated all the time. All you want to do is sleep. At least that's how it was for me. It's different for everybody, of course. But that's how it was for me.
0: Well, you got through that, and so obviously you're in a better mental place now. I mean, did you do you feel that at least on the mental side of things that things started to clear up? Like, what did you do? Did you leave the house? I don't like that you were in that was that you feel was causing all this stuff.
1: So, my roommate at the time was also experiencing a lot of the paranormal activity that was going on. Um, we actually had a lot of investigators come out. Uh, they did. There was a lot. of... Investigators loved coming to our house because you would always catch the EVPs, and they caught a shadow running down the hallway at one point on film. Um, it was a lot of stuff. It turned out one of the teams that had come to our house did some background research on the place, and the house that we were in—it's not a new house; it was built like in the seventies. And but the property that was there before was an older home, and our house sat directly on there would have been some slave cabins so there was that going on and also um it also sat on the front line of the battle of nashville like i actually have cannonballs that i dug out of the garden stuff from this place it's really cool
0: that's no shit that's wild that's (laughs) yeah it's actually really really cool all right, so <clears throat> investigators are going to the house. What kind of like what kind of phenomenon would they catch? Like, what kind of EVPs would they get? Like, did it did you said your roommate witnessed this stuff? Like, what what did your roommate witness? Like, it's because it's always you know it's one thing when you hear these stories and it's, it's a person saying I saw this or whatever, but it becomes wildly different when there's multiple people right that experience the right. same thing. So, what what uh, what did y'all experience collectively?
1: Um. So we heard like a whisper. We heard like a sigh, a heavy sigh. We were both sitting in the living room one night and we heard a heavy sigh come out of the corner of the
0: room. Like you guys were just boring the shit out of the ghost? Or-
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, she said she woke up one night and she heard pots and pans in the kitchen as if somebody was in there cooking. And it turned out nobody was in there.
0: That's interesting that you say that. I can't remember who told me this. Oh fuck I can't remember but it was someone that I was having a conversation with that told me that sometimes people will have that phenomenon happen where they will hear something like cooking going on in their kitchen and obviously they go out and 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 no one's there and the way that this person described it um is like I guess what they would call a residual haunting, which is essentially residual energy or kind of like a video clip or a photograph, right. That's just constantly always going. So like essentially that cooking may have been something that they were doing in the kitchen. However long ago, right. Do you think that's kind of what those things are? Or do you think this was something different? Like there was a, you know, demonic presence, you know, doing stuff with the pots and pans.
1: I don't think it was a demonic presence doing that with the pots and pans. I legitimately think that there was some, there there was several things going on there. I really believe that there was some stuff connected to the land. I think it was like you said, um, the tape theory going on. Like the residual.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a Creek that moved right past the back of the house. So it's very possible. It always had water in it. um, I don't know. And I think the demonic stuff, though, I think I kind of drew that to me, if that makes sense.
0: Why? Like, what do you think it was about you that you would draw something like that to you?
1: Just some of the stuff I was going through at the time. Um, just the energy I was putting out, my attitude about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of factors to it.
0: Hmm. So... <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong, because it sounds like the path you're going down is like y- that. People may be more susceptible to a negative version of this phenomenon if they themselves are just sort of a, uh, not for lack of a better term, uh, in a negative place in their life.
1: Yeah, I kind of believe that. That might be the case okay. for a lot of it. Not you know, not of course, a hundred percent of it, but I think for probably half.
0: I would say. Have you ever heard about the Doris Byther case? <clears throat> no. They made the movie from the 80s. You've probably seen it called The Entity.
1: Is that the one with the little girl?
0: No, that's Poltergeist. Okay. Yeah. The Entity is about Doris Byther, and she was out in uh, uh, California. And this haunting, I guess, would have happened in the 70s or, yeah, 70s. And I mean, she was, uh, the claim was, and there were witnesses to this, that she was actually being assaulted sexually by a ghost, right? Her kids saw it, all this other stuff. So a lot of like several investigators went and went to see her and interview her and all this stuff. And they got some wild evidence and they all saw some just insane stuff happen around this lady. But I actually spoke with the guy, Dr. Barry Fitzgerald, who was part of that case. And, he told me kind of the same thing. Like this was a person that had a lot of problems, in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in their life, and that, that she that it wasn't necessarily a a ghost that was doing this to her, but the phenomenon was directly happening, kind of from her. And it's interesting because you know the the obvious next question is like, well. If that's the case then wouldn't that happen to everybody that like feels negative or is depressed or, or or whatever? But but the answer is probably no because if if you're a certain person that is naturally sensitive to this kind of stuff and you're in that mindset, it might be a lot easier for whatever is the cause of this to to start happening around you, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> I think that's it, it's, it's interesting.
0: It, it is, th- yeah.
1: If you talk to a lot of people who have had experiences like that as well, um, the more you find out, you know, the more you learn that they too have different things going on in their life that could have either triggered something or, I don't know. It's hard to put words to it. I think
0: what I'm more interested in in a lot of ways is the stories of the people that, maybe don't believe in this stuff or are not in a negative space. Like, like, right. Like they're, everything's great for them. They're in a positive mental state. They've got a great outlook on life. They, maybe they aren't anti-religion, but they're not religious. And they certainly don't believe in ghosts. They don't get scared, you know, at, at, at night, things like that. I'm interested in the stories when this stuff happens to those people, because that, become something different in my eyes because I don't know how a person like that can attract something if that's the cause of it. Right. Like the, mm-hmm. the attracting to it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so with your investigating that you do and you're researching, I saw on your website or maybe it was a YouTube channel, whatever, or, you know, your Insta gram, I think it was like you, you do, you travel all over the country and you go to like these historic places, right? Like these haunted locations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what do you do there?
1: Um, Well, I like to take, first of all, I'm an artist and photographer. So one, I'm usually there to take photos of some sort. Two, if there's claims of, you know, hauntings, I try to make some kind of connection with the spirits, if there are any spirits in, in that place. And... That's about it really.
0: Have you what's the closest you've ever come, like when you say I try to make contacts t- contact with the spirits what is the closest you've ever come to achieving that that goal?
1: Um so there's been several times. There's a ghost town maybe about 2 hours from where I live and there's a bunch of structures in this location. It's way up in the mountains. You actually have to hike to get to it because the road's washed out. You can no longer drive up there. And so it's like an overnight trip I, I like to go to. And the first time I was out there, I had a little recorder. And on that recorder, I heard I heard a get out. And then I heard help us. And I actually have that on my YouTube channel somewhere. There's a little building without a roof that I put to EVP with. Um, so I started meditating and what I saw in this particular location was there was a little girl and there was a mom and mom was like, I don't know why she was there. She was trying to collect, um, like a check or money or something. I don't know what that building used to be, but it was right where the mine was. So I don't know if it was like, might've been like an office or something, or I just don't know. But anyway, the help us was from a woman. So when I went back after hearing the EVPs and stuff that I took home with me, I went back and I um, tried to do the meditation thing again. And I did a bunch of prayers for the dead just to try to wake them up and, you know, try to communicate the fact that you don't have to stay here. You can always move on and, and do something else. So. I did the whole thing, didn't get didn't get anything in return. But then I went back the third time and I got a clear thank you from a female from the same voice. So it's stuff like that that I like to try to try to do. I know it sounds crazy to you. You're kind of looking at me like I'm crazy. No, 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 no,
0: not at all. Not at all. No, I'm not looking at your lady crazy. Trust me. I, um, I'm um, i just curious. Because, I mean, look, I, I, I own a museum of haunted items, right? Like, I don't think any of this stuff is crazy. I'm actually fascinated by uh, people's experiences um, because I, there's something about me that, that maybe I'm not, um, oh, I don't fucking know, like not in tune with this or whatever or not sensitive enough. But I don't. I don't have these experiences, which is weird because like, again, I literally collect <laughs> uh, items that have stories of them being haunted, right? And people will come into my museum and they they have experiences all the time. Um, we have investigators out. They have experiences. I bring psychic mediums out. They have experiences, but I'm like the... I'm like left in the dark here. I don't don't.
1: know. Maybe you're just closed. Maybe you've closed yourself off to it.
0: Maybe. I feel like I'm super (laughs) open minded. I've done tons of psychedelics in my lifetime. So that should help.
1: (laughs) I have another story too for you if you don't think I'm too crazy.
0: No, I don't think you're crazy (laughs) at all. Give it up. Let's hear it.
1: I went to Goldfield um, and I stopped at that big cemetery out there.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Goldfield?
1: Goldfield, Nevada.
0: Nevada. Because you're in Vegas, aren't you? Yes. Okay.
1: The Goldfield right. is probably about an hour and a half from here, maybe
0: Goldfield. Okay. And, and and there's a big haunted place out there or what?
1: Yeah. So there's, um, Goldfield hotel that everybody knows about that's out that way. Mm-hmm. Everybody, every, all, all investigators go to this haunted hotel. That's there. Um, for me, every time I drive North, however, you have to drive through this ghost town to get anywhere out of Vegas. Pretty much. If you, if you go head North, um, so I stopped there and went to the cemetery just to kind of look around. And immediately I was looking for this one cemetery, this one gravestone that was supposed to be, I don't know, some guy died from eating glue or
0: something silly like that. And it's <laughs> right.
1: like written on the, on the tombstone.
0: I, so used I was to, looking for that. Wait, how do you die <laughs> eating glue? Because look, I I, <laughs> I, grew up in the 80s, and this was a time where it was a very normal thing in kid in a garden through like i don't know third grade to eat glue right like we used to eat fucking glue all the time and then when you get older you start sniffing it to get high right whatever but like how do you die from eating glue
1: well it turns out the story's not true anyway okay well that makes sense
0: yeah okay gotcha perfect
1: so sometime like in the 80s and 90s i don't know what time period but apparently throughout nevada and arizona they were marking the cemeteries with little quips like that just to get tourists into some of the places. No shit. Yeah. So like there's a tree, for instance, out in Wickenburg, Arizona, that says it was to um they say it's the hanging tree or somebody was chained to it or something. And when they were arrested and then they died. Well, if you look in the archives, the story's not true. It never happened. They actually oh, shit. had it. <laughs> Yeah, they had a – but, you know, they were just trying to draw tourists
0: and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that you say that, I wonder (laughs) how many historical markers around the country are just bullshit for that exact reason, for for tourists.
1: Well, there's there's a difference between a historical marker and – these tombstones and this, you know, silly stuff that you see. Right. When but now and I'm, I'm like, like,
0: literally I'm going to look at my backyard and I think I'm going to go put something <laughs> on one of my trees so I can bring in the commerce.
1: Yeah. Anyhow, I digress there. So yeah. I, I go looking for this, this silly tombstone and I look in there and I saw this girl, this girl in Victorian or turn of the century dress. And I go running over there, you know, she's all, it's all the way across the cemetery. So I go over there and I look down and there's this tombstone that says that this girl had committed suicide. She was like 18 years old. Um, Sad story. So I started researching this girl because, you know, I wanted to find out more. Why did she show herself to me in this cemetery? Mm -hmm. It turned out that she was a prostitute. Um, She ended up shooting herself, but she was a runaway from a really well-to-do family in Texas. And so when she was buried, she's buried under the wrong name. Um, I guess her dad had an arranged marriage for her, and she had, she had fallen out of um, favoritism with her family, so they didn't want her, her real name on there on the tombstone. Just a really sad story. Fuck. Yeah,
0: it's- that's that's like a wild family <clears throat> feud. To yeah.
1: just to sad. Have to but change your name
0: on your fucking tombstone.
1: I had such a connection with this girl, though, that I'm feeling led to actually write about her. Like, I've done a lot of research into her real life, and, you know, I'm going to put that out there at some point.
0: So, that's your next book after this book where you deal with the details? Yeah, I think so. Man, well, congratulations on that, because, look, I... Having two books out is, is amazing. With a third book coming out and now plans of a fourth one, like most fucking people will never do a first book, right? So that's, <laughs> that's not easy to do. And I the, like to write. Well, you, yeah. you like to write? You like to travel? and mm-hmm. you I kinda, like to teach. You like to what?
1: Teach. Oh, yeah. Educate.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Oh, you live out in Vegas. What took you out from Nashville to Vegas? It's wildly um, wild. Well, I guess it's not wildly different. I mean –
1: it's actually the same town. The only difference between Vegas and Nashville is that Vegas has legalized gambling in marijuana. And That's pretty much the only difference. Well, there's prostitutes in Nashville too. You just don't see them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, what, what took you to Vegas though?
1: Um, well, I went through a tornado two years ago
0: in Nashville.
1: Yeah, I got devastated. In a tornado.
0: Damn, you're you go through some shit, don't you? You got <laughs> yeah demon problems. A tornado ripped up your like. Was it something like like it just upended you and you had to leave the state?
1: It yeah. I had a lot of property damage. Lost a lot of money. Um, and what happened after that? COVID mm. shut the whole city down. And you know, I was working live events and things like that. So yeah, I just. Was out of business, lost a lot of property. So I had to start over again in yes, Las Vegas. I
0: said, fucking, I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to make some money yeah. in the casinos and <laughs> get
1: Well, yeah. not
0: from so the casino. It must be wild living in Vegas. Like, I, I've gone out there several, several times. Now, Vegas is one of those places that, if I'm being honest, like, I can go out there for a weekend by Sunday like I'm like if I get there Friday by Sunday I'm ready to come home.
1: It's because cuz you're on a strip though. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like anywhere else. If you live in a town that's well that a lot of tourists come to, you're not going to hang out where the tourists are. Yeah, Even Nashville is
0: like that. That's true. I mean I mean I'm in Austin. So same same thing. Yeah. I you I think when I'm I, about Yeah, then. I think when I moved here I probably you know, of course, would go down to 6th Street and stuff like that, but I wouldn't go down there to save my life these days yeah no. oh,
1: Austin's great. a good town Yeah, it really. Is, yeah. Nashville's like that too I mean I don't care if you've seen the show Nashville I always hate it when people watch that show Nashville because they would come to Nashville and they would go to Tootsies and think that country artists and stuff would hang out there and just stupid stuff you know they don't country artists do not hang out on Broadway or Tootsies or any of those places
0: <laughs> there's a lot of um what you call, I guess, haunted history in Nashville? Yeah, yeah, and probably fucking Vegas too. Like, I mean, the amount of just mobster-related murders that's out there. Like, you, you're probably surrounded by just dead bodies buried out in the desert where you live.
1: Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I know there's there's bodies coming out of uh, the lake. Wait, what? Yeah, the, there's that. What's the name of that lake that's out here? I lake saw Mead. Lake Mead. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Lake Mead has been um kind of drying up. I think it's losing several feet every couple months or something, something crazy like that. And bodies are but, just coming out. Yeah. There's like they found a couple of them now. One of them had is in a barrel. Just weird. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Which has got to all be mob stuff. I mean, that town was built by mobsters. Yeah. Pe- people with names like me.
1: A lot of shady stuff has gone on. What I like about it, though, is, I mean, you got Area 51. That's not too far from here. All right. Stop right there.
0: Now you're speaking my (laughs) language. Have you? uh... Yes, I've been to the gate. All right. Let's stop. Now we're going to stop talking about (laughs) anything that we were on because we did. We got (laughs) sidetracked by Vegas, which I'm fucking glad that we did because now we're at the point in your life where you are at the Area 51 gate. Tell me about it. Tell me how many times you've gone what have you seen? What have you done? Tell me about it. I need to know.
1: Uh, so I've been there twice. The first time was kind of boring. I was too scared to drive up to the gate. Have you been out there yet?
0: No. I just watched Jesse Ventura on his TV show go up there. And like he's, <laughs> he's about to come in. There's the guard with the gun. And Jesse Ventura's like, you're going to shoot a United States governor if I cross this line? And then he like doesn't cross the line and nothing happens. And the show ends, so...
1: Well, I have to say it is a weird area. First of all, your cell phone doesn't really work out there because they have a, I don't really know how they do this, but yeah, you don't have cell service out there. Sure. So as soon as you come over, the, there's a mount. it's like in a ring of mountains. As soon as you come up over the mountain and you're on extraterrestrial highway, that's what it's called. Yeah. And it goes all the way into Rachel. It's like this little itty bitty town that has like maybe 10 houses. That's it. They're like trailers and... There's a bar there. That's a trailer, and like a couple Isn't like. Is there a hotel places. in that
0: town? That's like area. 51? It's part of the trailer. Yeah. It's part oh. of the trailer. That's the hotel. Yeah, but people stay there that are going out to look at Area 51. Yes. Okay.
1: There's only a couple of rooms. It's not like it's a big hotel.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. Well, I guess I can't imagine it's full. Or, or or they're just literally UFO hunters going out there all the time.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I don't know.
0: So you've been twice. First time is boring. 20. I don't know how you have a boring time going to Area 51. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was just not that happened. I was too scared to really go anywhere. You know, it was, you know, was kind of, I didn't know where to go. And... Well, I mean,
0: like are there signs out there that are like, don't come here or we'll shoot you type thing?
1: Yes, there is. They're okay. everywhere. Okay. And what's interesting is there's several gates into Area 51 and they're all down dirt roads. So it's not like a real road. Their little dirt paths. and on some of them, there is no gate. So you can keep going and and there's like a big cow field around there. it's actually um, BLM land. It's owned by nobody. So you can go out there, you can go shooting, you can camp there, you can just do about anything you want. Ranchers put their cows out there, uh, whatever. but so you you are legally allowed on that land all the way up until you see, like, just in the middle of the desert, you'll see a sign that says, turn around or we'll shoot you, pretty much. If you miss that sign, I don't know what
0: happened. <laughs> There's no way that they just <laughs> shoot you. There's no way. There's no way. So, all right, so wait, you went out there the first time. You were too afraid. I get it. Like, I understand. I, I, I might be also, right? And, you know, now that I fucking think about it, now I've got you out in Vegas, so I've now got this – connection so i'm gonna go out to vegas and i'm gonna hit you up and i'm gonna say dude where you gotta take me show me where to go for you want how if you go into vegas and you're and you're there how far outside of the city is the area that you're talking about
1: it's probably about an hour and 40 minutes
0: okay not bad
1: an hour and 40 minutes
0: not bad okay and so. It's-
1: it's out in the middle of of the desert, though. I mean,
0: well, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. So you, the second time you went out there, was it less boring? Did you go? Did you do anything? Did you? Did you?
1: Okay, so I went with a friend this time. And you I stormed the gates, UFO. right?
0: Tell me you stormed the gates. Oh man!
1: So he's a huge UFO person and knows about um, Bob Lazar and all those people.
0: Yeah, Bob Lazar's story is fucking crazy. It's crazy. It, 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 the, the stuff that he described that years later, like is tangibly proven, right? Bob Lazar is an interesting fucking story. Okay, go on.
1: So, you know, I didn't know about the black mailbox first of all, and he did. So we stopped at the black mailbox. Well, I don't know about the
0: black mailbox. What's oh. the, what's the black, mailbox? black
1: mailbox? There's a mailbox out there out in the middle of nothing. Like literally nothing. I'll have to send you a photo of it. Yeah, please. Do and it. apparently there was a ranch there before area 51 was there. Okay. I don't know why there was a ranch there, but that's the story. And the house got, I don't know, torn down, whatever. And the mail and the mailbox was still there. So the theory is, if you stand by the mailbox at night, you see UFOs and I don't know, aliens check the mailbox or something. Okay. So people. Leave-
0: <laughs> I was about to say something like that.
1: <laughs> people leave notes and stuff in there <laughs> for like, the aliens. They're in there, there's Nerf guns in there. There's.
0: They're like little all offerings. Kinds
1: of crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah, there's offerings. Did you leave anything know- in the mailbox? Yeah, there was. it's packed. It's packed full of stuff. There's so much stuff that people actually will throw the stuff out onto the ground around the mailbox.
0: So they put their shit in there. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: One so little clearly, note- though,
0: the aliens are not coming and checking the mail because it's all backed up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> One note was really cute, though. It said, they're aliens. Please help us. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so it's totally cute. So wait,
0: um, wait, 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 wait. You went out there to Area 51, you get to the black mailbox and then you start reading other people's shit. Yeah. You why would you You just read their mail. Well, that's a crime. I don't think you it's can, not, well, I think if you can, I can't that's a postal Yeah, it's a post office thing. All right. So yeah, there's the black mailbox. In the <laughs> It's okay. You're surrounded by dead bodies of the mafia.
1: <laughs> Cows and yeah. who knows, donkeys.
0: <laughs> Fucking aliens. It don't matter. So okay, so you go out there with your friend and y'all get to the blackmail box.
1: Yeah, what, and what he's next? driving. Um, so apparently you see if you stay the night at the blackmail box, which I haven't done yet, I'm planning on doing that pretty soon though. Um
0: stay the night at the blackmail box. Yeah. Like just camp by the mailbox. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you can do that. It's being a million. You can do that. Okay. You can go out there and stay as long as you want. And how far away
0: that. is the black mailbox from actual Area 51?
1: Okay. So the black mailbox, it faces, there's a huge field there and it's full of Joshua trees and stuff like that. But there's this little mountain ridge. Area 51 is right over that hill. Okay. Like literally right over the hill. And you're not allowed, like from the mailbox, you are not allowed to photograph that hillside or anything. Really? Yeah. There's signs up that says no photography. I don't know mm-hmm. what could happen, because who would like see you doing that? I don't know.
0: Well, you never know. But it's an interesting thing. Fucking drones so, in the sky looking at you.
1: One of the gates to Area 51 is actually around that mailbox. And it's the gate that people really don't know a whole lot about. And you can miss it if you're not looking for it. So my friend, we take off down this road and... At some point, there was, like, a couple of guards that are just standing there. And, you know, they, they do. They have the guns and everything. So we turn around. But as we're turning around, you have to, like, kind of back into the bushes and stuff a little bit because the narrow—the road's so narrow. And I just happened to get out of the car. And lo and behold, there was, like, a little box. I kid you not. There was a little box underneath one of the bushes that had a little antenna on there. It was, like, one of those motion detector Thing. so they have that whole area monitored they know you're coming it's really interesting.
0: That is interesting so you can't really get close obviously like you can get up to the point where you maybe see some guards some armed guards and then and that's it
1: no you can get pretty close so that that side of it you can't get close but then if you drive toward Rachel and right before you get into the little area where there's the bar and all that stuff there's another dirt road If you turn down that way, and I think it's about maybe 12 miles down, you you follow this little dirt road. And that one, it's BML in all the way up to the gate. So you are allowed to go all the way up to the gate before they're allowed to do anything. But once you get to that gate, those guards will come out of that shack. And actually, when we were driving up there, it's so strange. This black car just came out of nowhere and started following us up that road. Like you just came out of nowhere.
0: What were you thinking? What were you thinking at that point? Because look, I still to this day. I mean, I, I'm one of these people that I've seen every every, every X Files episode and I rewatch them constantly, right? So if I'm going to Area 51 and a black car starts following me, it seems problematic.
1: <laughs> yeah, they didn't do anything though. They just kind of. And then what's weird about it too is we kept going and they kind of stopped. So it wasn't somebody else coming down doing what we were doing they they stopped and then they kind of disappeared because okay. we just kept going. Okay.
0: So that's what you did. Have you ever seen anything out there in the desert? I mean, if you live in Vegas, I imagine I've heard that that people will see like there's a lot of UFO encounters out there in the desert. Have you ever seen anything like that?
1: You know, there's a lot Yes and no.
0: Well, um Yes and no.
1: Yes and no. <laughs> I'll kind of have a theory about that only because there's so many military bases around. Yeah, There's a lot of military air force kind of bases. Like I know um, there's one not too far from Vegas actually, and they fly all of the large drones overseas. Okay.
0: So you and think kind it's of, military stuff that, you, that people see? Yeah.
1: I kind of think that it's military stuff. Like they're, the one of the drones um, that I saw come out of one of the bases it's actually a triangle. And what they were doing with this is they were practicing kind of, um, touching on the ground and then picking back up. Like somebody was actually practicing flying this thing. And they're they're huge. I can easily see how somebody would mistake that as some kind of aircraft. That's wild.
0: So a lot of the reports that, um, will come out, uh, about the aerial phenomena are, are, are triangle shaped. Mm -hmm. You remember, this was years ago. Uh, Fuck! I think it was in Arizona. Uh, that the mass, the mass sighting, the big look like a mothership. So it was triangle in shape in the sky. So you're saying there's drones out there that are triangle shaped?
1: There mm-hmm. There is. Okay. Do yeah. You, you I've seen it firsthand.
0: It sounds like that you think a lot of UFO activity is military based. Is that what you think?
1: I think so. The stuff around the military bases, yes. Okay. I think the stuff coming out of Area 51. I mean, let's face it, it it's it's a it's a secretive base because they're trying to design, you know, drones and whatever else they use in warfare, you know?
0: Well, what about the Tic Tac videos? What are your thoughts on those? You think that's military also? I haven't seen those. Oh, why? I mean, they're, they're all over the news. I mean, there's the one that you see, like you know, Commander Fravor, 2004, I guess it was, uh, the 2012 videos. Like, they're, the ones that we, they see on all the mainstream news where they catch them that – and they're going crazy speeds and doing things that no aircraft can actually do. Um, You think a lot of those sightings are just government? No,
1: no, no, I think there is. No, I do believe there's something out there. I just think the stuff around area 51 probably might not be, I think that's more military.
0: Sure. I think especially nowadays, right? Because if area 51 ever were a place where they were, sort of reverse engineering UFO technology or if they had uh extraterrestrials or anything no fucking way would it still be that because everybody knows about it now yeah so it would be obviously it was almost it almost be like well let's move all the secret stuff to a different area but but still keep the mystery behind area 51 because now people are going to come drive out here and look at this but really all that's here now is just like Top secret drone technology. The real shit's now somewhere else. <laughs> okay, all right.
1: So. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that stuff isn't real because you know I believe there's something else out there. I just think yeah, it's, around Vegas, it's probably military. It's so a
0: funny to think about because they, the two worlds like really intertwine. I think in a lot of ways, uh, this idea of paranormal like spirits, hauntings, and UFO phenomena as well, because if you, if you try to think about these things in the sense of uh, extra dimensional, I guess, um, you know, it's possible that that the place that UFOs that we see or that people experience are coming from is the same place or same energies or whatever that this paranormal phenomenon is coming from. Or do you think I'm way off? Now you're looking at me like no, I'm
1: crazy. No, <laughs> no. No, I, I totally, there is a connection there. I think if you believe in anything that's not the norm, right, that automatically you're, you're more open. So you're going to believe in different things. You know, there's an old Native American uh, philosophy, too, that's out there that they believe all of it's one and the same on a spiritual level. They right. think that there's a whole other world out there on a different planet. They believe that Bigfoot is an actual spirit. Yeah, you know, they think everything's interconnected. Did
0: you see that episode of the newer uh, Unsolved Mysteries on uh, Netflix? Did you watch that? No, oh, I did
1: man. not. You're gonna have to send me all these shows so I can catch it. I don't watch a lot of TV. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, you, know, you, you remember Unsolved Mysteries from when we were kids? Yes. Obviously, yeah. And uh, they they came back with it on on Netflix and there's an episode on there that it's these two guys, I think they're in New Mexico and they're, I guess, paranormal investigative, but the stories they tell are wild about Sasquatch or Bigfoot and skinwalkers. Right. But, but the reason I bring that up to your point, they have a lot of the native people there talk about how all of that stuff is, is sort of connected and that everyone Mm -hmm. sees it and experiences it. Like apparently people out there seeing a skinwalker, it's like a, Regular, fucking thing, right? That's that's wild. And you know
1: that's huge in the Southwest too. Everybody, you know, all, there's a lot of Native Americans um, that live around Las Vegas that they won't even talk about the Skinwalker. They won't even mention a name because they're scared. Yeah, <laughs> because it's it's not it's not like a it's not like an animal or an entity. It's more of a spirit that you can call to yourself is what they believe. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. They do. They think all that stuff's connected, um, which, I mean, who knows? And I, they tell stories about their people passing stories down of the same exact phenomena from well before modern technology existed, right? Mm-hmm. And I, think that's, I think that's really interesting. So, yeah, I don't know how we got to – we literally went off like we were talking about demons then we got to area 51 and UFOs and now we're at skinwalkers. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cuz of where I live. Yeah. That's why I like Vegas. Yeah. You got everything here.
0: Yeah, I do I need I need to come out. So before the <laughs> fucking pandemic hit, I used to probably go there once maybe twice a year mainly because I love going to see magic shows out there. I'm not a gambler or anything. I love staying at the fucking hotels on the strip. Right. But like I told you, if I get there on a Friday by Sunday, I'm I'm done. Right. But I've <laughs> got to come out there. One, I, I want to go and see the Zach Bagans museum. Um, yeah. Been, his you, museum's pretty interesting. You've been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good been time retired.
1: there? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. If you ever make out to <laughs> Austin, you'll have to come to mine. It's the size of the waiting room of the Zach Bagans, uh museum, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's still really cool. Uh, no, I want to go out there and see that. And, um, I do want to go to Area 51. You should. Yeah, I don't want to get shot or anything, but I do want to go to Area hey, 51.
1: You, as long as you don't cross the gate. And, you know, actually, um, when my friend and I went out there, hes uh, I was still mad at him. I will never go out there with him again. Um, he drives all the way to the gate, of course, and the guards are sitting there with their guns. Then he decides that he's gonna, cause he was in a um, like a four wheeler vehicle. Um, he wanted to go off roading, and follow the gate. So I'm like freaking out at this point.
0: <laughs> but so what? you you guys pull up. There's the armed guards, and your buddy just hops on a quad and just starts. Terry. No,
1: his he's, he's got a four-wheeler, like a Jeep that can drive over to desert. Drive. Okay.
0: When he said four-wheeler, <laughs> I, I thought he just like jumped moment. on a four-wheeler out of nowhere. I was like, yeah. and you're like, what? Okay. Yeah.
1: So he's, he gets off the road and starts following, which apparently you can do that too, because it's still BML land. It's not, it's not the government land until you cross that gate.
0: Okay. So, so they're just, like they're just there. So you just, line. as long as you don't cross the gate, did you try, yeah. did you talk to him? No. No. Mm-hmm. I, I think be sure I'd be would that guy. I, w- I, I would be that fucking guy. Like if I go to Area 51 and I go up to the gate and there's the guards. Because look, they probably – I'm gonna I'm willing to bet the second that you and your friend le- left that they just start laughing and like, Jesus Christ, how many times we got to deal with this per day? I, I pr- guarantee it's probably a running joke. So to me, if I were to show up and the guards were there at the gate to Area 51, I would probably – Ask them if I could take a selfie with them.
1: They probably won't let you because you're not allowed to photograph anything out there. And on top of that, they know you're coming. Right. They knew we were coming. They were waiting right at that gate when right. we of course. pulled up.
0: And yeah, of course. I mean, oh yeah. But oh, yeah, you're probably right. They wouldn't, I, I'd still ask Mm-mm. because what a radical selfie that would be, you know, you're there with the <laughs> with the guys that won't let you get into area 51. All right. I'm Not
1: it. to mention nobody has that. Nobody has a selfie like that.
0: No, no, I don't think they do. I mean, it's kind of like going to England and doing that with the Royal Guard, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to get them to like smile or laugh or something. I yeah. guess that's like our equivalent. <clears throat> okay. All right. So let's jump into your podcast really quick. Cause I've actually listened to it and and I enjoy it. Like I like your intro music. It sounds. You know what it reminds me of is like old Art Bell. Um, did you ever listen to Art Bell?
1: Yeah, I love Art Bell. He's fucking great. So I was, was going to tell you that. You know, his graveside is in Pahrump. That's
0: about forty minutes from here. Well, didn't didn't he have when he died? Wasn't he living out there, or was it Arizona?
1: I have no clue. It well might have you been know, Arizona.
0: What? It might have been Arizona. I know he was in the middle of nowhere, like he he had even a like a radio tower put on his property and stuff and that's
1: in Perump. Oh that's really? Pahrump. Really? Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he's been out, out there. there. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think his um I went out I found his house. Not that I was stalking the guy or anything. I was just curious. Whoa, um, it
0: sounds a little like you were stalking the guy. Well
1: yeah. no, so what I like to do is <laughs> I look on Google Maps to find like ghost towns and stuff, right? So I started mm-hmm. looking on Perump because somebody said, oh, yeah, he's, he had his old radio station there. And lo and behold, I found a house that has a big radio tower, mm-hmm. stealing one in Pahrump. So I, you know what? That's his house. Yeah, that's I knew it a, was his yeah, house.
0: Because yeah, he, he, he had it put out there, which is which? a yeah, great, yeah. great show he had. Um it's kind of weird when he when he died. I guess he overdosed on medication. But I still go back and listen to, on Spotify, you can they've got all that stuff like all his old episodes like all the episodes where people call in and some of it's really creepy man you know <laughs> um some of the stories that these people will tell and yeah our bell was was really, really good so you're doing your podcast it's really good i mean like uh how long have you been doing it now it's like what are you 20 something episodes
1: yeah maybe two years I haven't been in it that long.
0: Two years. Okay, so you must not do mm-hmm. it very. Do you only do it like monthly or every other month?
1: Yeah, or? I only do it monthly. I've so many guests now, though, that I might have to start doing more.
0: Yeah. It it's a time factor. It gets tough. It gets tough. Where do you find your guests? at? you got some. You got some interesting people on there. There was the um, what's that lady that you were talking to? I actually reached out to her because I want to talk to her now. But she British lady, I think, and she's talking about fairies.
1: Oh, that's Kate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kate's, Um, she's a real sweetheart. Yeah. I really like her.
0: So that's something that you're looking into as well. Like, do you look at it from a folklore standpoint or do you believe in actual, like, Faye?
1: No, I absolutely believe in elementals. Okay. Absolutely. What do you so, mean
0: by, ele- like, what, what do you mean? Because when you say elemental, I like, I'm, my mind is literally going to go to, like, me playing Dungeons and Dragons with my, my friends, right? Elemental, right? What do you mean by that? I just want to understand.
1: Okay, so there are like a hundred different names for whatever this creature is. It's a, like a fairy. It could be like an imp, whatever.
0: Okay, so Some you're saying that little, all these names are uh, the, the basically yeah. the, okay, the same.
1: They're all associated with the same little paranormal entity, um, and it actually, I did not believe in this stuff until probably last year. I was on I was on a case. I was trying to help a lady out in California who um she had very negative um, experiences with a haunting on her property um, and actually in her house. She's lost like three husbands. She's lost several children.
0: Jesus.
1: And she believes, yeah, she just believes that, you know, there's negative energy attached to her and that these spirits are attacking her and the whole deal. So I go out and I, I stay the night there and. You know, I had somebody else with me as well, and we investigated the house, and we did catch a lot of activity that night. But what's interesting is the stuff in the house was human. Um, You could tell it right away going in there. But the stuff outside was just a total different thing I've never experienced before. I couldn't make contact with them or anything.
0: What do you mean? What, what, what What do you mean?
1: What I mean, like, I couldn't make any kind of contact with them. No connection, nothing. Like, they wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't, nothing. But you could see them. It's like little four-foot shadows running around, and
0: you saw the this. person.
1: Yes, okay. The person that out was investigating with me also saw them, as well as his son. And outside was a uh, almond orchard, so it's like miles and miles of rows of trees. So you're out there and you go in between the trees and stuff. And that's where we were seeing the little shadows just kind of darting. Um, And the whole field is like very negative and like a heavy feeling when you go out there. And at one point she says that she was afraid to go out in the fields because that's where she felt like all the negative stuff was just very strange. So I started, you know, looking into this more and I talked to uh, um, David Admerly. I think, have you heard of him before? It's a Native American group. And, you know, we started talking back and forth about this case. And he believes that there are land spirits, which would be elementals. And the story of this, with this house, just to back up just a little bit, mm-hmm. her grandparents got it um, during, like, the 30s. So this house looks like something right out of the Grapes of Wrath. Uh, And it used to have hills on it and the whole deal. And what happened during the 30s was they came in, they leveled the entire land to make it into farmland. And this was during the Great Depression era. Um, You know, they were trying to create work. They were trying to grow food for our nation, that kind of thing. So that's how all that came about. But what they did was when they were building this house, And plowing the fields to make all of this stuff and leveling everything. The stories they came across um, Native American cemeteries. And so they just removed the bones, threw them out because they didn't think anything of it. But David believed that there was a curse placed on this place. And the way they did it was they called up the elementals to kind of curse the land. So, and
0: that's what you're seeing remnants of, I, I guess. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever experienced anything like that.
0: Um. Okay. And
1: so these Elementals, they're, what do you call them? Fairies or whatever. They're like land spirits that are supposed to protect the land.
0: Okay. Okay. And that's <laughs> what you, because I mean, the, th- they talk about those in, in, in a lot of folklore in Europe, but I, I don't, do you hear about them a lot over here?
1: I don't. And that's why I never really believed in that stuff until yeah, this. Until came you came saw it. Yeah. And so I experienced it firsthand. And the other thing too, is that if you listen to Kate's story, she talks about a show uh, with Barry guy. Um,
0: Barry guy.
1: He's there. British. Um, Ghost hunting group. Okay. And they talk like their first episode, their first series, I should say, they talk a lot about these fairies and things like that. Because I guess it is big in England. It's yeah. Very yeah. Yeah. It's huge. I
0: mean, I talked to Barry Fitzgerald and he's written about mm-hmm. it pretty extensively. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge. There, I just—I've never heard much of that happening over here. So, like, when you say you saw it, like, that's—that's that's wild. I, I think I, I don't. I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around like what kind of experience I would have to have, or I would <laughs> like seriously be like, okay, I think that is what people call uh, a a fairy, a fae, a goblin. I think fuck, I think leprechauns in that category.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know? leprechauns are in that category. Basically, yep. small
0: monster, like a little a mon- mm-hmm. monster like, version of a little be person be like I, a
1: yeah. little demonic thing too i mean yeah yeah
0: so that is crazy so when you saw that like what is that if in your mind what you saw is that what does that do to a person right like you're like i just fucking saw a fairy i just saw a fucking goblin because again i think and, and maybe i'm completely wrong here, but that sounds way different than than seeing something like paranormal activity. It's it almost seems more out there. Is that yeah. Does does it not?
1: It it changes the way you believe about the paranormal, which you know that happens a lot anyway. The more you experience and the more you learn, your belief system kind of changes anyway. So for me, having that experience kind of changed my viewpoints on the whole elemental thing where like, I didn't believe it before, but now I do.
0: Okay. So then what other kinds of things have you seen in your investigations like that? Cause all right. When you say something like that, to me, that's a wild story. Like if you were to articulate it well, and people like you put it in a book and people read it and believed it, they'd be like, wow, that's crazy. You know, I mean, look, what other kind of experiences have you had while you're doing this? Because if you, There must be a handful of them, at least, if you're constantly traveling around, visiting these haunted places, doing these investigations. What else have you sort of seen?
1: So there is one thing that I walked into. And again, that's out here in the West, um, the Southwest. I was on my way to a ghost town and I was driving down one of those little old wagon um, trails that are out here. If you, once you start getting, when once you're out here and you start driving around, you're, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot more dirt roads than there are paved roads in Nevada, but I'm going down this little narrow road, trying to find, um, a ghost town and.
0: Oh, wait, is that, is that your cat just showed yeah, up? Right? Let me cat see. Named Loki. Oh, Loki. Let me see Loki. <laughs> Loki. Yeah. I got to tell you, uh, as a cat person, it's impossible for me to not interrupt you when you're talking. When a cat comes into the <laughs> to the the conversation, because now I'm wildly interested in that. I've forgotten everything you've said. Now I'm interested in the cat. I'm kidding. Um, continue. Yeah, uh, it's a it's cute my, cat. It's definitely
1: though. my dog's cat. Is she a main, uh Yeah, it's a little Maine Coon. That's a main Coon. A Maine Coon mix. Yeah. he's a sweetheart. Like you can like like dress him in clothes and all kinds of stuff, and he just
0: wait you dress. You dress the cat in clothes?
1: Yeah, Halloween. He wears clothes.
0: <laughs> How many outfits do you yeah. have for your cat?
1: Um, he's got a couple now. He's got a sweater, he's got little shirts.
0: Okay, a sweater, a little shirts. You have a dog mm-hmm. as well?
1: Yeah, I have a golden retriever. How
0: many outfits does the golden retriever have?
1: She's got three Halloween outfits, but she won't wear them.
0: The cat she will wear home. them, but the dog won't? Yeah. That sounds more like paranormal activity than anything. That's like, <laughs> that's odd. Do you, yeah. do, please, please tell me you have some radical like photos of you, the cat, and the dog, like on holidays. Well,
1: I'm not in them, but I do have photos of those guys dressed
0: up in the outfits. You're yeah. I, if you don't show me those uh, after our conversation, <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> this will be all for nothing. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. I got Can side. I, I got sidetracked by the cat. I know
1: sidetracked by the pets. I'm so sorry. Real quick, though, just because you're going to think it's so cute. Loki um, was a litter that was born under the barn that I used to live. The property I lived in in Nashville had a barn. And Loki was part of a litter that was born under this barn. All the cats disappeared, including the mom, and left him behind. And my dog started bringing it in the house and carrying him around everywhere. It was like her puppy.
0: (laughs) Your dog started bringing him in the house.
1: Oh, my goodness. It was like she thought it was a puppy. And so she raised this cat and yeah, now I have a cat. It's actually her cat.
0: I love it. I think it's a great story. So you took the cat and dog from Nashville. The cat was born under the barn. Nothing. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's great. That's a great story.
1: (laughs) Anyway. long Okay. Back to the story. So I'm driving and all of a sudden this little colt out of nowhere, and I have this on video. This colt stops my car and starts running circles around it.
0: This colt, like a little, like a pony?
1: A little baby yeah. pony. And I get out of the car because I thought, well, maybe something's wrong. Maybe his mom's dead, whatever. And this minute I get out of my car, it takes off back down the road. And I'll sh- I'll send you the video. It's on my Instagram. Um, so I look, and there's this, like, little trail that, you know, it's like maybe 15 feet long and it dead ends into this giant Joshua tree. It's like the biggest Joshua tree I've ever seen in my life. Um, And right next to it is like a little pond. So I thought, well, maybe that horse was drinking out of the pond or something. Um, but then I noticed like little weird stuff on the ground around this Joshua tree and I go over to it. And all of a sudden I start feeling like really heavy and just weird, like I'm not wanted there kind of thing. And... There were these dolls. There were five dolls around this Joshua tree. All of them mutilated in some fashion. They all had their hands bound behind their back. Uh, One of their faces were burned out. One of their eyes was gouged
0: out. Tell me you took some of these dolls.
1: I did not take the dolls. They had, you know, I thought about it, but when I touched one of them. What a great
0: piece to have, because what a great story. So you're out in the middle, essentially nowhere.
1: I have a video of it.
0: Really? They like have a video, video oh, with the dolls.
1: With the dolls, yes. There was some kind of organic material in those dolls because there was like flies all over them, and it was just nasty. Where was this? This was out in the middle. I, I kid you not. It was out in the middle of nowhere. It's about two and a half hours from Vegas. The closest town to where I was at it was. It's a place called the National Badlands area. That's where I was. It was like way back in there. I was trying to find like a old um, ghost town that's located up in the mountains up there.
0: I mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, look, it's probably a very mundane story. Probably people just doing it to be shocking, right? But I like to think that that, huh?
1: As remote as this place is, I don't think so. Somebody well, that,
0: did that intentionally. That's what I like to think. I mean, you know, like that it was some kind of like weird cult group, like in the first season of True Detective or something like that. Well, the more
1: research I've done on this, it, at first I thought, well, maybe it's a Santa Rhea thing, but
0: that doesn't because of the
1: culture, it it, it's more at all. No, it's more of a like a Native American thing that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah.
0: Mutilated dolls.
1: <laughs> yeah, some kind of spell work from whatever it was that they were doing.
0: I fucking love to have those in the museum. You 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 let me down on that one, CL. <laughs> you let me down. On
1: that one. <laughs> I'll send you the video, but it's just it was the whole day was just so weird. After that I kind of turned around and went home. But yeah, this this baby horse stops me in the middle of my tracks pretty much. And run circles around my car like that. I get out of my car and then that's like right there within 15 feet. So it was just very strange.
0: Yeah, that's, that's certainly strange. I, what is sort of a – would you just consider yourself an adventurer? Like what do you do? Do you, do you just not only travel around going to haunted places, paranormal events, but ghost towns as well? Mm-hmm. Are you also yeah, like a? a good are dance. you one of those cavers? Do you go cave exploring?
1: Not so much caves. I Have a thing about being in tight spaces like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's not my thing. You're just like a paranormal Indiana Jones running around the states. Yeah,
1: I don't. Well, it all started with me. Um, again, I'm a photographer. I like to do art shows and stuff. And I was doing a series on ghost town. so that's what started the whole thing. And then I had a tape recorder with me just because it's so remote. And, you know, it's so easy. If something were to happen to me, they would never in a million years find me. And it's always like the first time I went out, actually, it was such a rookie move. I didn't know much about the desert. My car got stuck. Couldn't get my car out um, because it got hung up in the sand. And I didn't have any water on me. Didn't have cell phone service. So it was just it was a very scary incident. Um the way I got out of that situation was I went back to the ghost town and got a piece of wood and stuck it under the tire to get my car out. And that pretty much, you know, nobody would have ever found me out there. So now I have like one of those satellite phones and the whole deal someone always knows where I'm at cuz it pings even if I don't have cell phone service. I still have that satellite phone and I can call for help. I carry um Boards with me. I have water with me at all times. So, but the recorder was just so in, in case something were to happen, I could like message. But I ended up catching a lot of EVPs and stuff on there too. It was just very strange.
0: So the, these ghost towns. So when you go to these ghost towns, like, and you're doing this, explore that actually sounds really uh, interesting. But are you like going through all these old buildings and shit, like, and and just looking mm-hmm. and take really it's dangerous yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: i guess you gotta it's be pretty healthy at least and probably <laughs> right i mean it's it's physical activity you're in an abandoned building that, that i mean
1: some of this stuff um there's one location that i've been like the one i told you about earlier you have to hike in it's it's quite a hike to go in and out like you stay the night there and then you pa- i called um backpacking It's it's definitely a backpack trip
0: you stay the night why, in a ghost town,
1: yeah, and then you pack back out.
0: Is there a ton of those out there where you are?
1: Yes, there is. They're everywhere. They're all over the mountains and stuff.
0: Do you ever do you ever go out there and find like encampments of of homeless people, like living in these ghost towns as like their city?
1: Um, so you see that a lot, not in areas that I go to. Now, if you go to places like Ely. You do start seeing that because, uh, you know, there's like water up there and resources. The places I go to, there's no resources at all. There's no way. Um, if you head out toward Perump on the other side of Perump, you, you find out a lot. Um, out around, there's a town called Tacopa here. They have a huge encampment like that. And they're not very friendly. They don't want you in there. So for your listeners... If you go out exploring and you come across what looks like an encampment out in the middle of the desert, chances are those people don't
0: want bothered. Don't stop. Don't mess with those people. They're not very nice. But you, so you would recommend not messing with those yeah, people, don't go. but certainly go and mess and re- You would recommend messing with ghosts.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Okay, so, so to sort of wrap it up, because you you are, I mean you you're all over the place. You've got the books out. You got the new book coming out about the the experience in the house with what may or may not have been the demonic sort of energy, right? Mm-hmm. Do you talk in that that book about your health problems?
1: I do. Okay. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I do. It's all in there. So you've got that coming out. You you got the podcast, and again, it, it it's it's actually really entertaining. So I don't I don't listen to a ton of Uh, podcast. I just don't listen to a ton, but I think it's really entertaining and there's some really interesting guests on there. So people should certainly give it a listen. You've got this website where people can buy your books. Like where else can they buy your books? Is it like on Amazon? Can they go get them anywhere else? Or is it just your website?
1: No, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. Um, I'm actually working with a publisher right now too. So I may be pulling that stuff off of some places and releasing it through a publisher radical so, keep your fingers crossed right. yeah
0: they're, they're crossed and you've got a youtube channel too where you've, you 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 put up just video of your explorations and everything like that
1: yeah i'm going to start posting a lot more material on there um somebody suggested i need to start putting a blog up there of all these places i go to so well, fuck yeah if you're going to these
0: ghost towns and especially like camping out, you just need to get yourself a couple of gopros and go out there, man. You don't film that shit.
1: I do, but I don't ever put it out there for some reason. I need to start doing that. Yeah, I'm that's actually radical.
0: Very, you should do it.
1: I'm actually very shy. Are you shy? Like, but yeah. Is that why you go
0: investigate ghost towns because there's no people?
1: Maybe. <laughs> it's it's. I'm starting. I'm starting to get out of that. The more like, if you listen to my first podcast ever
0: with um, Doctor Molnar or whatever, yeah, I had him I'm on not my really show. Good. He's a cool guy.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy, but I'm not a very good host then, it's, and it's because I'm so shy. Really? I'm afraid to, I don't know, and now I'm starting to not be as shy, and I'm actually speaking at, at a convention this year. Where? Um, the OC Paracon in California.
0: Okay, so they asked you to come out there and speak about what?
1: Yes, I'm actually talking about Dancing with Demons and Spirit okay. Communication. Okay.
0: Dancing with Demons, the book, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Spirit communication, the act of communicating with spirits. Yes. Is that like a specialty? We didn't. I mean, I know we touched on it a little bit, but see what happens. I try to wrap things up, and then, <laughs> and then this happens. Do you? Are you like an expert on that? Would you say?
1: I'm not an expert. I'm learning just like everybody else. I don't really believe there's any experts in this. You know, I think there's people that's been in it for a long time, maybe, but. I mean, there's just too much information coming out all the time. Yeah,
0: I'm interested in your approach to communicating with spirits. Right? Like, what do you? Yeah, what do you do? I've talked to people that will try to do it through like meditative states. Obviously, I talk to people that go the séance route. You know, you, you. I'm a collector of Ouija boards, so I'm in these different like social media groups about Ouija boards and some of the stories you heard on there about people using those to, to communicate with the spirits or dowsing rod. There's a billion different ways, right?
1: So for me, it's a little different. Um, I studied a lot on remote viewing and meditation and just different things. And there's this, there's this program called the Monroe Institute, the Gateway Program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it teaches you to kind of meditate so that you're kind of in a different vibration almost. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get my mind into into a different vibration to be able to connect with spirit.
0: How do you do that?
1: With the meditation, I use a lot of prayer. I'm very spiritual. So I do a lot of prayer to do that. Are you religious? I wouldn't say religious, No. No.
0: I well, find should... it wildly difficult to meditate. <laughs> I've, I've never been, I, I think the closest thing that I get to like what people are trying to achieve when they meditate is if I'm focusing on something like, I don't know, creative, like intent, intensely or not even, maybe not even creative. But like if I'm going down some weird, I don't know, rabbit hole the other night it was, it was uh, JFK assassination theories and, and you'll look up and it's 30 minutes later, right? Like in an instant. So I think that's the closest, but I can't sit down and just, I don't know because there's always, I think too much in my mind going on. Like it's impossible for me. Do you, you don't have that problem.
1: I do have that problem. I think everybody has that problem. Um, a good way to practice that is if you get a candle, And set the candle in front of you. Somebody t- somebody else taught me how to do that or told me to do this um, a couple years ago. It was another medium. And you just kind of watch that candle and then try to meditate. The whole idea is to get out of your left brain and, and use your right brain to connect with the spirit world.
0: And have you had experiences with this? Yes, Wait, but- I have with the spirit world through that sort of method of that meditation. Yes. What was that? Like? I, have,
1: um, I knew you were going to ask that and I don't really have a good answer. Yeah. Uh, it's more like when I'm trying to, one of the things I picked up recently is spirit art and I'm getting really good at it. And so I had a spirit sitter. Art. What do you mean? Yeah. Spirit art is when you draw somebody that you see. And it's kind of it's like evidential mediumship. And so I've been trying to do that meditatively, um, just kind of go into a trance and see what I pick up from the other person. Mm-hmm. The other person doesn't speak or anything. And I'm able to draw the person. Um, I did this m- two weeks ago with a lady, and it was just for practice. It wasn't anything like serious or anything. But with this lady, I ended up drawing this whole drawing and it, she afterwards pulled out a picture of her grandma and it looked just like her grandmother and the symbolism in it, in this photo that I did, like I did a basket of, um, knitting needles with, um, with, uh, the actual yarn. Um, I saw the number four a lot, like there was four skeins of yarn. There was, um, four gravestones in this photo. There was, not in the photo that sh- she showed me the one i drew yeah um and you know she told me that her grandmother was a knitter there were four really important people to her herself that had passed away within the last few years her grandma being one of them um in the background of this photo i drew an owl and this was all stuff that came to me in that meditative state
0: how long do you think that well and you may have already answered this. When did you think that you started becoming what you not becoming, but that you were th- when you use that term medium, right? Or they have these abilities to to do this kind of stuff? Like, so that's question one. Question two: Do you have any of these drawings? I do. You yes. Sh- you, you should mail me one. You should sign one for me and <laughs> mail me one, and I w- and I will have it in my museum. Um, <laughs> but uh, w- when did that occur to you? Like, have you always sort of
1: yeah, it's been an ongoing thing. So I've told you I started seeing, I started having these experiences since I was two. It's one of the first memories I have actually of of this older gentleman in my room. Um, I was very young. I was still in a crib, and and I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I would see like weird lights in my room as a kid growing up. Um, when my grandmother died, I knew she had passed because she visited me that night. I went down and told my dad, who was in the kitchen the next morning, you know, Nona's gone. She said she's OK. I think I was like five. And, you know, my dad didn't know anything of what I was talking about and actually he even ignored me. But then he got the call from his sister telling him the news. Um, I saw another grandma, my great grandma. I saw her was able to describe her to a T. I've never met her or anything like that. Um, so this stuff has been going on forever. With me as a as a kid,
0: and yeah, that's 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 interesting. I maybe I should sit down and, and try to meditate, but I don't know.
1: But I don't I don't like to call myself a medium by any means. I mean, I'm just I don't like that term. I don't like why not because people will think that you're like one of the TV mediums and, and stuff, like and a, that's like not a what I'm. Medium yet,
0: <laughs> sure. I remember when those things were all, they were, they were all the rage on TV.
1: Yeah. I'm not that.
0: (laughs) I can see myself having a very lucrative, if I would have been born in a different time, like maybe 10 years earlier, like that would have been a lucrative career. I would have been one of those people that like worked at those call centers, you know, that people would call in for 99 cents a minute or whatever. (laughs) Do you remember
1: that? Yeah, I do. Like Sylvia Brown and there's a whole slew of them. Sylvia
0: Brown, right. There was a great, a great documentary on Miss Cleo. That, that just it's pretty recent I think it was on like HBO or something I can't remember but it's really really it's good it's good and it's uh, it's pretty interesting like they they really go into I mean the, the people that that would call in and the people they, they, they ate that shit up man they that was a big that was big business alright so what does CL stand for?
1: Crystal Lynn
0: Crystal Lynn that's my name right. yeah <laughs> I looked it up. It was like, your website doesn't say anything. Your Instagram doesn't say anything. I was like, God damn it. So yeah, I had to, I had to ask Crystal Lynn Thomas. Yep. Rock and roll. Where so, can people yeah. find you? Cause I know it's not crystal It's, it's CL. What's your it's
1: website?
0: CL Dot Dot org. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's, where they can find you. You're on Instagram. You're on YouTube. You've got. I'm a, on TikTok. You're on what? TikTok. Oh, are you on TikTok?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't trust it. I'm on Facebook. Um, I don't really post too much on Facebook, though.
0: I don't know if anyone does anymore. I think it's for senior citizens now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think it's going out the door. I <laughs> think it's gone, yeah. I had a Twitter account. I deleted that. wasn't a Twitter fan.
0: I'm not a big social media guy. I mean, I've got the Instagram for, for Parapeculiar, which is the the podcast in the museum. And I have Facebook really like solely because of like, groups that that I'll be in for like haunted item collectors or Ouija board collectors or whatever. Right. But I don't actively post and y- you know, anything like that. So I'm not a big social media guy, but so that you're on YouTube, you're on those sites, but you've also got the podcast and what do you, you're on Spotify obviously, right. And all the different places. Yeah.
1: the Podcast is everywhere.
0: Okay. So people can check you out there. When does the new book come out? June, June.
1: It'll be June.
0: Are you going to send me an advanced copy?
1: I can. Yes.
0: With a signed picture from one of your drawings. Yes. And some dirt from Area fifty (laughs) one. Some dirt from Area 51 in a jar. You
1: want dirt from Area. I could I could do that. I could definitely do that.
0: Will you take me out there when I go visit? Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. Listen, this has been awesome. I'm really happy we got to do this, uh, Crystal Lynn, because we (laughs) we we've been trying to do this for fuck two to three months, I believe. But you are you're all over the place, so you're very busy. Um, so good luck with that and congratulations on that. Congratulations on the new book coming up and, uh, the, the speaking engagement you've got coming up. I hope you start posting some more stuff on YouTube because I would love to see some of this stuff, especially some of the ghost town, um, exploration things. You should definitely, definitely do that for sure. Um, this has been radical. Anything else you want to say to the, uh, all the, the listeners out there in radio land?
1: No, just keep searching,
0: keep searching. You're going to put that on a t-shirt, keep searching. <laughs> rock and roll (laughs) that was our conversation with cl thomas author and paranormal researcher definitely check her out definitely check out her podcast it's wildly entertaining i think you will definitely enjoy it that being said we're done we're out of here thanks for listening see you next time